This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. I thought that I should give the disclaimer up front first. Those of you who are visiting, um, so week in and week out, we teach from the Bible. We open the Bible every single week, and we give passages of Scripture and dissect it and talk about how it can apply to our lives. Now, our CC Conversations series is a little bit different, okay? Our CC Conversations series, we're talking with people through conversation. We're going to talk about the Bible, themes from the Bible, ways to approach the Bible, but we're not going to have verses on a screen up here uh, literal like Bible passages, okay? And so if you're visiting today, I don't want you to walk out of here thinking, oh my gosh, I visited that church and they didn't even open the Bible, okay? Because that's not the case with this church. We're a Bible-believing t- church. We teach the Bible, you know, the whole deal, okay? So we're not crazy. We're not some new age, hippy-dippy weirdo people, okay? I just want to throw that, throw, well, some of us, some of us may be, but... Um, I just want to throw that out there at the onset, okay? So this is a CC Conversations series. We do this probably two or three times a year where we get a group of people together and we kind of share our stories and our approach to our faith journey in the hopes that what we're dealing with and what we're going through and what we're talking about inspires and challenges and encourages you in your faith journey. Does that make sense? And so that's the whole idea of this series. So we've been collecting um, questions from you guys. You guys have had question cards on your seats the, probably the past four or five weeks And so we've accumulated a ton of questions of what do you guys want to talk about? What do you guys have questions about? What are you curious about? Um, You know, what do you want to know? What do you want us to discuss from up front up here? And so last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit. And it was awesome, man. We had a great discussion last week. We had uh, Jessica up here. We had Ken up here and Rich and myself. And we talked about the Holy Spirit. And sort of the question that was posed is, how do you feel the Holy Spirit? Or how do you follow the Holy Spirit? How do you sense the Holy Spirit? What does that look like? What does that feel like? How does that play itself out in our daily lives? And so if you missed that, you can check out the podcast, centralchurch.cc slash podcast. And uh, you can kind of catch up to date with it. But this morning... We're talking about something else, another question that came in. Now, I have to read this question because um, if I don't, I can tend to say it weird and then it doesn't make sense. And so the question that we're going to talk about today, which is a little, um, I'm curious to see how this goes, actually. A little bit on pins and needles with my crew up here. But um, the question is, as a Christ follower, how do we manage the controversial topics where both sides of the issue are supported with the Bible? Thank you, good night, see you next week. <laughs> you know, I mean, whoa, that's some, that's some heavy stuff. That's some tough things to wrestle. But when this question came in and other questions like it, we were like, man, you know, that's a really good thought. How do you approach those things? How do you sort of wrestle that stuff down? Rather than just saying, well, the Bible says it and I believe it and that's the end of it. You know, it's like, okay, all right, that's cute and clever, whatever, but how does that play out in real life? You know, how's that play out when you're having a conversation with your atheist friend? Or how does that play out when you're having a conversation with another Christian who believes diabolically different than you do about a single passage? Yeah, diabolically different. Same thing. Gosh. You know, like how do you approach those things? How do those things, what is it, diametrically? Uh, yeah, that, like diabolically different. Like, oh, I'll get them. That's what, that's what I meant, y'all. Okay, maybe not. I've never used the word diametrically in my life. I'm pretty sure they just made that up. 
Um, but how do you approach those things, you know? How do you, how do you live that stuff out? And so we're just going to have a little conversation this morning talking about it. And so some of you are going to leave and be like, man, that was awesome. Other you, others of you are going to leave and be like, I'm never going back there. They're all going to hell, okay? And that's kind of okay. Um, we're going to live somewhere in the tension between those two, okay? We're going to hang out in that tension somewhere. Uh, the, the, the goal of these conversations is not that we can answer questions for you. This whole series is not so that we can uh, sort of download our doctrine into your brain and then therefore you believe it and that you can like live as little pawns of the church where the church told me this, so that's what I believe. That's not the goal of these conversations. The goal of these conversations is so that you ask even more questions. The goal of these conversations is so that you ask more questions and then you find out the answers to those questions in your own faith journey, from your old worldview, in your own perspective. It's not for us to sit up here and tell you what to think, but it's to start a conversation that hopefully you carry with you with your family, with your coworkers, with your friends, or whatever, and it's something that you begin to wrestle with and come to a conclusion on. Does that make sense? So we're going to throw out a bunch of ideas, but none of the ideas are the only way to do it or the proper, correct, right way to do it. Okay, this is just a group of people who are approaching these issues and thinking about these things, and I thought it'd be cool for them to share their stories. Now, before we jump into the panel and let them start talking, I want to throw out just one sort of um, baseline idea that sets as like a foundation for approaching this, this discussion, okay? And it's like, I'm going to give you like years of like Bible college in about three minutes, okay? So just trek with me. But here's the deal. Some of you are going to be like, oh yeah, duh. Others of you are going to be like, whoa. Here's the deal. When we approach the Bible, there is this, this really like $50 word called hermeneutics, okay? And basically what this is, there's a bunch of different approaches to hermeneutics, a bunch of different ways to break it down. But essentially what it is, it's principles of literary interpretation, okay? When you, uh, let me break it down even more simple. The Bible is not one book, okay? The Bible is a collection of writings written by many different authors, with many different genres and many different purposes. And for us to approach the Bible the same, Genesis through Revelation, is an improper way to use the Bible. Okay? And so we need to know that from the, from the get-go. There are many different genres within the Bible. The first five books, um, like the Pentateuch or whatever, that's like the law, the history of Israel, right? And then it goes from there and it goes into these, like, uh, this poetic literature, with the Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, all that sort of stuff. And then it goes into this prophetic literature, which are the, the major and minor prophets through the Old Testament. And then it goes into the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which talks about the life and story of Jesus. And then it gets into the epistles, which are letters written from church planters to actual churches. Right? And then it gets into the apocalyptic literature with Daniel and Revelation. And so all of these things were written to different groups of people with different intentions. Okay, just like if you're reading a poem, right? How many of you guys are like super into poetry? Okay, yeah, me neither. Cool, we're kindred spirits. Because poetry is so stinking confusing. There's like, they, mean, they say something, but they mean something else, and they write in different like visual ways. Like, I think there's called acrostics or something, I don't know, where like X's in the literature, and you're like, whoa, and like poetry people are like, Ugh. I'm like, that sounds like cat in the hat. Like, I don't, it, it is what it is, I don't get it. So like, you read poetry with certain rules. You wouldn't read the dictionary and poetry the same way, right? You wouldn't read the dictionary the same way that you would read a love letter between me and my wife, right? You would use different ways to interpret, different ways to pull truth. If I said something, you would say, oh, I see what he's saying, but he probably really means this, especially if you were to look at it 2,000 years later, 
right? You, there would be some deciphering that has to take place in all these different types of literature that you're trying to read. Listen, the Bible is a collection of all kinds of different types of literature. And so you can't come at it with the same perspective at every verse. The Bible says that I believe it, good golly, that's good enough for me. Not the way it works, okay? Not the way it works. And so as we're talking about this and you hear some of their approaches and some of their perspectives, just kind of keep that in the forefront of your mind. Remember that. That there are different ways to approach all kinds of different scriptures and passages. That's why it's so crazy. That's why it's so confusing. That's why people can have diametrically opposing views. I used the new word I learned. About the same passage. Because there's different ways to interpret. So let me introduce you to our panel. This is Rich. Rich, <laughs> Rich is our youth pastor. Um, he's, I'm not doing it this week. He's the man. Rich is the man. Last week was rough, man. So. No, last week, Rich was up here last week. He killed it. Uh, Rich is awesome. He's super into theology and into the Bible and all that stuff, so it's very, very cool. Bob, everybody say, hey, Bob. Hi. Whenever I introduce Bob, I'm like, Bob's like our resident theologian, right? This dude, like, reads books like I breathe air. He just loves it, right? He's all about the latest and greatest whatever theology. Only problem is that he's an Android user, and I have a problem with that. But I think that's a personal beef um, between, between Bob and I. But otherwise, he's like super into theology. He was a pastor for like, what, like 75 years, something like that. Um, and, then, <laughs> and I like to do that to Bob. I don't know why. I love Bob. Bob was a pastor for like, like 16 years in the Assemblies of God. He has been a wealth of information and knowledge for us as a church and us as a leadership team. And so Bob's the man. Super glad he's up here. And then we have Amber. Everybody say, hey, Amber. Amber is the better half of Ken who was up here last week. Okay, so Ken is like here, Amber's like way up here, okay, just, I want you to know. Um, no, I'm just kidding. She's way shorter than Ken. Um, <laughs> no, but Amber, Amber's incredible. Um, we talk topics and hot button issues and theology and social issues and everything all the time. So Amber's incredible. So I'm super excited for these guys to share with you this morning. And so I hope that you will kind of engage in this conversation as we have it and it'll spark ideas for you. So let me start um, just by asking, how do you guys approach this? You can figure out which order you want to go in. I don't care. We didn't practice that. But how do you guys approach this, this question? When there's a, an issue and it's supported on both sides by the Bible, by good, God-fearing, you know, well-intentioned people, but they have super opposing views. How do you guys approach this in your life? Who wants to go first? It's a super easy question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rich, you go first. Yeah, I'll, yeah, okay. Um, hi. <laughs> so, uh, so um, yeah, I, I think... Let me, I'll just start by saying this. I'm trying to, like, gather my thoughts around what, like, what way I want to I wanna come at this just right off rip. But um, I'll just say this. I'll say um, recently, like in recent years, uh, meaning probably as recent as three to four years ago, um, it's kind of scary for me now to, to turn around and look at that. Um, but there was a point in time recently, probably within, like I said, the last three, four, five years really getting into the thick of it, six years really, really, really championing this mindset, but the mindset of the Bible says it, therefore it is, I'm good with that. Um, I, I stood on that for a long time, and, and actually, like I said last week, moving here has, does something 
did something to me. Um, if you're from here, then you don't, you know, the context is different. <laughs> but moving here really, really brought a challenge to me and to, to Carmen to really take these things, like these forums where we come up here and we do this and you hear the different viewpoints of it, it challenges you. And you can do two things with, with that challenge. You can run from it because you like where you're at or you're, you're, you're comfortable and safe where you're at and you don't want anybody disturbing that, which I'm not coming at anybody like that. That was me. So from experience, that was me. Or you can face the challenge, you can address it, and then you can, you can learn from it and, and kind of adapt and let God grow you through it. And so uh, there was a point in time that I was very, like, just 100% literal. Oh, if it says it, it means it. Uh, if it was allegorical or poetic or whatever, it still means it. It's just giving a, a different variation or a different viewpoint on the same thing. Um, and I didn't really take into account heavily the context of scripture, the context of the people, the context of the culture, all those things that were going on at the time these scriptures say what they say. And so um, there was a time that I was like that and I was very easily offended or afraid of where these conversations would go. Um, now, I'm kind of on the other side of that. As I said last week, it, there was a, a, a deconstruction, reconstruction. I really like what, what Ken said last week. The important thing is, is if you're going through a deconstruction of, of, I wouldn't say belief as a whole, but just what you believe and why you do, it's important that you put it back together and you reconstruct and you have something to stand on. Um, and so deconstructing, reconstructing, now I'm at a place where... Um, I don't understand looking now, looking back on Richard five years ago, how I was satisfied with those explanations. I feel like I was comfortable with a very surface level um, rendition of who God is and a very surface level take on what scripture is and what it means and how we apply it. Yeah. And now I handle, I handle it a little bit differently. I take it in and I've recently gotten questions from a lot of teenagers, a lot of different people. Um, hey, what does this mean? And when God says this in the Old Testament, what did it mean like this? And um, the first thing I jumped to is, okay, well, let's look at who wrote it, when they wrote it, and who they wrote it to. Yeah. Um, and so I think context now is my starting point. I know I already said a whole essay on yeah, my yeah, stance no. currently, but that's where I'm at now. So I just wanted to throw that out because if there's anybody in the room who is at that point, I empathize with that. I was there very recently, but I would encourage you to, to go deeper with where scripture is, what it was meant for, and who it was meant for. It, it'll really change everything about how you read the Bible. So I'd say yeah. I start there with context. Context is your um, starting point. Yeah, that's, kind of... that's right where I'm at. It's like, good. man, we got to understand, like you said, what was the whole point of this being written? Who, who was struggling with something right. when they wrote it to that person? Because a lot of these things are specified instances, and a lot of these things are generalizations for yeah. a people yeah. that don't exist anymore. And yeah. so context, I would say, is, is a good start and, that a, is. And, a, and a good friend for people who want to read Scripture seriously. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Amber, do you want to go next? Because I feel like if you go after Bob, there may not be anything else for you to say. because Not that Bob is a big mouth, but Bob, Bob has some really he cool thoughts. He has a thoughts. lot to say. Yeah. And he so if you steal some of his thoughts, of that's stuff. okay. And if I say, yeah, that's what I wanted to say, no yeah. one's really going to be. Right. Just, oh, yeah, sure. You should just share a mic. That Strategically way positioning yourself after Bob. Right. Okay. So I would approach issues like this differently, the same as Rich, differently than I would have 10 years ago. Right. Um, now I approach issues like this with a whole lot more humility than I used to. Because okay. before, I knew everything. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So I That's knew, the thing. That's it, right? I yeah. knew everything. I've read the Bible. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew what the Bible said to support my position. So really, there, honest, honestly, I thought that if somebody had a differing opinion on a particular issue, then they weren't taking the Bible seriously. Yeah. Like they obviously threw out verses or made up their own thing or just didn't consider scripture at all until I started with a little more humility and seeing that somebody can believe one way on an issue and take scripture seriously and somebody else may believe completely different on an issue and still take scripture seriously. Right. So now going forward, if there is an issue like, I don't know what I think about this. Well, first of all, now I can say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, uh, that Which is huge. Was really I live me. in that. I don't that, know. Area just just to tag on to you. That's huge. Yeah. Because it's, I think from where you're speaking of and where I know I was at four or five years ago, the words I don't know were something you do not say. You do not no, say. No, because then right. you don't have it together. Yeah. Right. Why do you believe what you believe if you don't know why you, what you believe? Right, yeah. And I think, too, I, I can relate a little bit with the move. I don't know if it's Michigan or, or, <laughs> or what, um, but we moved from a place that we had a bunch of security. We lived there our whole lives. And we basically, I feel like we had our college experience. Like, you know, you move out of your house, you go to college, and then you figure out, that's the time you figure out what you believe and why you believe it. Well, yeah. we just had that in our 40s. So I feel like we, <laughs> we, got, we got out of our comfort zone. We weren't around the same people, the same situations. And so yeah. that was like a big thing for us to know yeah. why we believe what we believe. So it's a lot more humility. And then it's a lot more listening to people and listening to like, why do you, okay, so this is what I think scripture says and why I believe it. But why, why are you saying you also read yeah. scripture and you're coming out with this conclusion? And from that perspective, not listening, thinking, okay, I'm going to nail them there. Yes. I'm going to nail them there. I'm going to nail them there. Yeah, that, yes. that was the other big thing. It's, it's like, actually listening and going, right. oh. Yes. You're, you're okay. active listening, not defensively listening. Yes. Exactly. Which right. is different. Right. Yeah, it's like, I've said it before, I'm a, I'm a recovering know-it-all. Yes. Um, I, and I love that you call yourself that. Seriously. I mean, You should have business cards. My, Hi, I'm Bob, recovering know-it-all. <laughs> In my in my <laughs> teens and twenties, I would I would like be, like come at me, bro, intellectually speaking or theologically yeah. speaking. I would totally be like like I got into debates with with professors, with pastors, with yeah I mean, everybody, atheists, you yeah. name it. I, come at me, I mean, you know I was, yeah, I was all ready. about it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I got a little older, and I uh, hopefully matured a little bit. But yeah, you know the one thing that that I think about in this in these contexts is the church, the modern church, is the worst echo chamber in the world. The worst, yeah. okay? Whatever, whatever you, you know, whatever church you grew up, if you grew up in church or whatever, it is the worst echo chamber. Because basically, we pick a church based on whether or not they agree with us. Yeah. And then all we ever hear is things that we agree with. And so it yeah. just becomes this cycle of hearing what we want to hear and we never actually hear anybody else's opinion. And it sh it, it's terrible because it, the church should be the opposite of that. Right. The com complete opposite of that. So, you know, that was one of the things that I really, and early in, early in, you know, when I was younger, that really broke me is when I started to encounter people of completely different perspectives that were just as, just as, you know, loved Jesus just as much as I did. Right. Studied the Bible just as hard as I did. Were just as, you know, intellectually motivated as I was, but had a completely different opinion. And I'm like, wait a second. 
<laughs> how does this work? Wait, you, know? you're, you seem like a smart person. How yeah. would you think that? And so I think, the, you know, whenever there's a controversial topic, and, and I've worked through a lot of them now, but, but I'm, well, I'm working through. I'm, working. I'm not done. Yes, active. <laughs> active working. Yeah. But the, I guess the first thing I think to ask is, where did my opinion come from? If I have a pre-existing opinion on a certain topic, where did it come from? Yeah, you know, that's good. Start looking back in my history and go, oh, did I actually study this topic? Have I actually dug into it? Or do I just have an opinion because somebody told me what to think? Right, you know, that's huge. Because that's that echo chamber effect happening. And a lot of us have very strong opinions that when we actually start, and this is what, you know, this word that's been thrown around the last couple of weeks, deconstruction, that really is all it is. Is taking the opinions that we have as an adult and yeah. go, wait a minute, where did this come from? Yeah. And is there really support for this? Right. Or do, do, should I really keep thinking this? Right. And, and you know, the one thing that I, w that I would say that I've tried to do um, is the volume of my opinion on a certain topic generally is proportionate to how well I understand mm. the arguments of my opponents. So if I have a, you know, if I have this, if I have an opinion A on a subject and somebody else has a, a, the opposing opinion, I'm going to keep my mouth shut until I, if, you know, if I can't argue their opinion just as well as they can, then I don't really have an opinion. All I have is thoughts. I have bias, right. exactly. So, you know, uh, you know, like on, on marriage topics, because Lori and I have done a ton of, a ton of research in, in, on marriage, and we have, like, for example, you know, one of the great, you know, uh, verses of the Bible, 1 Corinthians uh, 14.35, women should be silent in the church. Yeah, right. You know, right? Uh, you know, there's all kinds like, of topics like that. Okay. Like, there's, there's, like, just to give you guys context, what I mean by the context I came out of, there's churches that, like, I went to that to this day still believe that. Like, yeah. Yeah. she would not be allowed to sit there right, right. now. So that's, it's funny, but it's not funny. Yeah. Like, that's so, true. So I've, I've never agreed with that way of handling church. But I'm not going to get into a debate with someone or I'm going to really be loud about my opinion until I understand those people and why they think that. Then I can, then I can actually have a conversation. Right. You know, rather than just making assumptions. Right. I like that. So, so Rich's main thing was context. Amber's main thing was humility for the most part. And Bob's is more, let me find the origins of why I think what I think and before what think. and what they think. Yeah, because that's the thing. Um, like Amber was saying, a lot of people have that, that time in college where, um, for me it was. For me it was in college. I read a Philip Yancey book, which is so strange. I view Philip Yancey as the same as like Thomas Kincaid. It's like the Christian bookstore author, Philip Yancey, right? Does he write books or does he write for Christian bookstores? I don't know. Um, but I read The Jesus I Never Knew. came out in like the mid-90s or something. And that rocked my world. And I'll go back and read it now and I'll be like, oh, really, this rocked your world? But it was. It was like the first time that I thought for myself. It wasn't because that's what he does. He challenges you to think for yourself about it. And it's like so many of us, I feel like, go through our whole lives as Christians regurgitating what our pastors have told us. And that's the whole point of these kind of conversations at this church is like, guys, don't just regurgitate what I'm telling you, okay? I'm not that awesome. I mean, I'm pretty awesome. You don't have to agree so hard, guys. I can see you. Um, like, nudging, yeah, he's not. He's really not. Um, <laughs> Told you. <ya. laughs> I know, right? 
But it's like, don't just regurgitate what church is telling you to believe and what to think. Actually think for yourselves, right? Approach this stuff for yourself. Just because your grandma believed it doesn't mean it was true, right? Because she probably thought going to the movies would send you to hell too, okay? Just a little bit of, you know, hey. Again, wait, wake up a little I bit. still know people that believe that. <laughs> so it's funny, but it's not funny. To this day. Like, it's true. It's so let me, let me ask this question. Bob, you got into it a little bit a second ago, but how do you deal with others who hold opposing stances? How do you engage in contact? How do you engage in relationship with them? How does that sort of work for you? Because many of us have, we do have views and opinions on things. Well, and we're going to consistently engage with people who share differing yeah. views and opinions. It's interesting, actually, that you chose this panel. Yeah. Because literally... There's, there's one particular, there's probably more than one, but there's one particular theological issue that Amber and I disagree on and have had many, many conversations on. Yeah. And actually, um, between Lori and I and Ken and Amber, they all agree on one thing, and I think the other thing. So okay. it's three against one. Nice. And we do this all the time. I mean, yeah. literally, there's like, power like, in like these. Night, the yeah, right. eyes have it. In that scenario, the eyes have it. Like, yeah. Let yes. them win. Yes. <laughs> He's got a sweet beard, man. Yeah. But he wins. That's right. That's right. It's, it's epic. It's sexy. Um, but <laughs> I, like I had it. to crack back on I like him somehow I like from it. last I like week. It. I'm I like telling it. you. I like it. All right. But no, seriously. I mean, Amber already touched on most of it. I mean, yeah. for me, and I have these, these three things written down. You know, if I'm dealing with somebody who has a, 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 an opinion that's, that's very foreign to mine, yeah. the first thing is, is humility. You, you got to be humble because the thing is, is that we're all wrong about multiple things and we don't know it yet. Yeah. The thing that you're talking to this person about might be one of them. Yeah. It might be. You're preparing yourself already. Just, <laughs> go sit down. <laughs> um, and the second one Amber talked about too, be a listener. You know, don't, yeah. it's not a fight. You know, the, the thing is, is what, when we, encounter a, an opinion that's that's different from ours, especially a strong opinion. Yeah. There's a psychological thing that happens in our brains, and that's this basic fight-or-flight response, right? When we're mm -hmm. threatened, it's fight-or-flight. So that means we're either going to get into a fight, we're going to get into an argument, yeah. or we're going to completely shut down and go, well, that pe that person's stupid. I don't want to talk yeah. to them anymore. They don't love Jesus. They yeah. don't take the Bible seriously. Yeah. All we, those sorts so of we, either yeah. get into, we either get into a big, long Facebook debate, or we hit the unfriend button. Right. You know? which neither of those things are, are helpful, you know. What we really ought to be doing is listening. And like I said, this gets back to what I talked about before, understanding someone else's opinion. Yeah. I need to start asking questions of this person. Well, why do you think that way? Well, yeah. well you know, I shouldn't get into an argument until I really understand where the person yeah. is coming from. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten into discussions with somebody and they jump to all these conclusions about what I think just because I disagreed with them. And yeah, and it's 90% like, no, 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 of what no, they no, assume no, no. Wrong, Yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely. Um, and then the third thing is just be gracious. Yeah. You know, I mean. That's don't, huge. It's, we, you know, we, we start to, especially in our society, we start to assume that, you know, if somebody disagrees with me, they're evil. They're not just wrong. They're evil, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. I mean, if you're a Democrat, the Republicans aren't just wrong. They're evil. Yeah. Or if you're a Republican, the Democrats aren't just wrong. They're evil. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's, that's the way our culture has gone. And, and, and it started to creep into the church where we think, well, they're not just wrong. They're a heretic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and we need to be much more gracious about that and say, listen, this person is a loving person. 
I'm going to assume that they're loving. I'm going to assume that they're intelligent. Yeah. I'm going to assume that they have thought through this opinion. Now let me listen yeah. before I start spouting yeah. off. That's huge. Amber, what do you think? Um, well, it's kind of along the same lines, but in the middle of the conversation, it's important for myself to remind myself, and sometimes to say out loud, that we, we probably agree on more than we disagree. Yeah. And most of the times when I've had these conversations, we both agree on the big things. Right. So it's important to remind yourself that the person that you're talking to, like Bob said, isn't evil, they just have a differing opinion. And more than likely, I mean, I'm gonna, because, because the question was as a Christ follower. Yeah. So it's not like somebody who is a, how do you as a Christian deal with someone right. who doesn't believe right. in God? Right. Right. So, so you have that in common. So if you can hold the big things with a, with a tighter hand, a tighter, you know, closed fist yeah. and deal, approach the other things with, a, with an open palm instead of everything that I believe has to be correct and has to be this way and I'm holding it all like Absolutely. this, you're not going to get anywhere. But if we, you and I believe like the big things, like, right. you know, who Christ is and all of that, right. if, if we can agree on that and I can continually remind myself that Sam just has a different way of reading the scripture or, yeah. or, you know, he's read it and he's come away with a different opinion. But the things that make us a Christ follower, we agree on, right. then it makes it a little bit easier for me not to be so irritated at the person that comes away with a differing opinion. Yeah. Another thing, and I feel like it might be a little bit different depending on who you're having the conversation with. Bob and I That's can true. go back and forth and you know tease each other and do whatever, yeah. but there are other people in my life that you get a glass of wine and then half an hour later it's tears and maybe a little more emotional and kind of some anger. Mm -hmm. So I feel like sometimes you can't it depends on who your audience is, who you're sitting with, and how you approach it. But if you remind, like, you know, we've had differing opinions with some people in our family, and we will say, listen, I assume the best in you. I know that the reason that you came away thinking this isn't because you're terrible. Yeah. And I hope that you assume the best in me, that the reason that I came away thinking this way is the same thing. I'm not a terrible person. Right. It's just my life view and my experiences and, you know, what I've done. We just have we've come away with a differing opinion, right. but we still believe on the big things the right. same. Right, No, that's good. That's one of our core values here as a church, actually, is to keep the main thing the main thing. And we don't, yes. it says, that our, our core value is, the way it's worded is that we don't major in the minors. You know, right. we keep the main thing the main thing. And so there's closed-handed issues, and there's open-handed issues. And oftentimes when we're having these, like, debates or these arguments or coming at these issues, they're open-handed issues, you know? You're not typically... Uh, arguing with other Christians, is Jesus the only way to heaven? Like, that's typically not one of those things. Is Jesus the only way to salvation, you know? That's a pretty universal, close-handed issue. Yes, you know? But then there's these other things, like like uh, the rapture or whatever. Is it post-millennial, amillennial, pre-millennial? Like, who cares? You know, that's an open-handed thing. That doesn't affect your relationship with Jesus at all, you know? And so there's different, there's different things like that. And so you're saying keep the main thing main thing. I, I like that. I like that. Rich, what do you think? How do you approach people with differing stances or opinions? I fight them first. That's important. <laughs> like fist fight. Like with your fists. Yeah. I, I assumed. 
we throw hands. Yeah. Uh, and then if they yeah. are, take are cautious later. after that. Yeah, take names later. Then yeah. I beat them with the Bible. <laughs> there you go. That's so, good. So, so either way. So send your kids to youth group. This is Rich. Yeah. Um, teach them important life but lessons. But I, I have a multitude of, like, <laughs> alibi stories. It's good. So. You're good. Uh, yeah, um, it's foolproof. So anyway, yeah, so come at me, bro. So, um, no, um, I think for me, what was really important for me to understand is that, like what you said, but a little bit, like, same thing, but a little in a different direction, when you, like, know your audience, right? So know who you're talking to, but also understand this, like, you're, like, somebody's upbringing has so much to do with their worldview on things. And, and I talked about this before in a message, so shameless plug, go back and listen to it, you know, on the podcast, but, um, JK, but we all have lenses that we see scripture through. Whether you think you do or you don't, you do. You have, you have a set of lenses that every time you open the Bible, those go on and that's how you perceive what you're reading. And everybody's is different. Even if it's just a small variation, it's different. You know what I mean? And so understanding that if you're arguing with another believer and they come at something differently than you, there's no amount of confrontation or argument that you're going to bring at them that is going to go back and rewrite and rewire everything they've experienced that causes them to see things the way they see things, right? And, and, and I've been talking about this a lot with my, my young bucks. Um, he's not that young, but you know, strapping still. And so we talk about this a lot. We had a Bible study the other night and we were talking and we were talking about how it's just such a, a thing like the church comes away with all these different viewpoints on how to handle people that differ from us, but very rarely, and tying back to last week, very rarely do we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit actively in a believer's life. And I mean that by saying, or I, I, I say that to say this, that we approach people as if they don't have the same Holy Spirit working in them that we have working in us. So when we argue them, we're trying to convince them to come to our side of the table instead of hearing them out, like these guys said, and then trusting, and if I would be so bold, because this is very, I mean, we say this, but we don't do this, praying for them, and tr here's another big word that we don't use enough, trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to be faithful to do what the Holy Spirit does and grow in them and mature them towards, not our position, towards what God wants them to think, towards yeah. what God wants them to experience. And so, and at the same time, pray yeah. that for ourselves too. For ourselves. Because, so, oh, yes, I'll pray for them, hallelujah. But, right. They're wrong, God. Yeah. Your Holy Spirit needs to lead them somewhere else because where they're at they're is They're obviously not on the yeah. wrong path. Yeah, but it's the same thing. For, God, right. if I'm off... Right. Center me. And so I know? was going to go there too. My, yeah. my other thing is understanding that about yourself. Yeah. I read a book and I, and I touched on this book and that message I'm referring to is called Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God. It's by Brian Zahn. And um, uh, he actually kind of, to me, he reminds me of, of Ken. They both have sweet, sweet beards and cool hair and they're just, they're great guys. And so um, <laughs> I read this book and this book is, a, is about that. And it's, and it's going back and, and loosely addressing all these different things that we take on over years of Christendom or over years of churchianity 
but we don't ever reevaluate or, or readdress like he was saying. We don't ever go back and touch on those and see why we hold those opinions. And so as I'm reading this book, he's saying a lot of really, really tough stuff. And there was times that I was reading this book and I'd close it and I'd just put it down and I'd be like. And, and I, like, it got hard, like hard. I never been, I never felt like a book was reading me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the Bible, thank you, Lord, Selah. But like, Selah. I, never felt, I never felt like a, a, just a book, just a book, just, just a book, just what, you know, I got this boy from Amazon. You know what I mean? Like, like I never felt like my mail was being read like that. You know what I mean? If you get it, I, I, I got to plug this, but I felt like Lauren Hill in, you know, Killing Me Softly. You know what I'm saying? The lyrics, anybody, you know. He was reading my, my mail out loud, right? And, and I'm reading this, and he's saying, you know, um, he's asking what informs your opinion, these different things. And, and there was literally one point that he hit on that I closed the book, I, I, let, I set it down, and I just sat there. And as I'm thinking about how wrong I've been and how hard I fought to convince people of the same thing, in my mind, it was like the Lord just started playing back a reel of all the people I've hurt or manipulated by arguing so tooth and nail from the viewpoint I held. And I was just sitting there crying, and the Lord broke my heart about it because I was vicious. Like, I fiercely defended what I would say is the gospel, but really I, I, was, I was calling it that and defending my viewpoint. And, I, and, and I, going back to what you said, I, I prayed right then and there. I stopped, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed weekly, at least, uh, like, at least weekly, if not multiple times a week, ever since. Lord, as I'm reading, show me what you want me to know. <clears throat> Lord, guide me where you want me to go. That rhymes too, so you know it's good. And then I was like, Lord, and then I'll pray, Lord, I want to know you as much as I can know you. If, it, if it's not you, I don't want it. But even if I encounter something or read something or hear something, and it's, it's doing something in me, even if it makes me uncomfortable and makes me want to fight back against it, if it's you, give it to me. If it's you, put it in my heart. Like, let it take, even if it's the hardest thing in the world for me, let it, let it just get down in there. If it's you. But if it's not you, let me just move past it. Don't even highlight it to me as I'm reading. I won't give it another thought. But if it is you. Let it stop me in my tracks, no matter how hard it is for me, and let me take it and grow from it. And I think we don't do these things enough. We don't stop and think, man, could I be wrong about this? Man, if I am wrong about this, Lord, change my heart, change my mind. Lord, forgive me for the times that I hurt your people who are drawing after you, seeking after you, that yeah. your Holy Spirit is guiding unto you. The same way that you're doing it for me, you're doing it for them, and we just... Forgive me for all the hurt that I've done. And once you go back and think about how it may not be God that, that's moving in you to fight with people. It could just be confrontation and, and elitism or wanting to win or just yeah. being combative. Like, you got to understand that you're, and I know this is long, sorry, I'm trying to testify, but you got to understand your lens is not the lens. And when we're talking, if I disagree with you, my lens is not the lens. Right. The close-handed thing is that, and if you read all through Scripture, the thing is this, the qualifying, unifying thing is this, faith in Christ, faith in Christ, believing Jesus is the only way, drawing towards, striding after, running after, 
Jesus. When Jesus writes these things to the church and addresses the, or when Jesus says these things to the church and addresses believers, and all these, when Paul does it, when all the biblical writers do it, they don't address people based on their theology. They address people based on their belief in Jesus, period. Right. If we address people based on just our belief and our faith in Christ, we'd be a lot more unified and a lot less worried about manipulating yeah. or being divisive and the, with And that takes, that takes a lot of posture adjustment for us. A you ton, know? man. It's we have hard. to We have to put ourselves in the right posture for these things to not become a train wreck. Were you going to? Well, yeah, I think, so when you sent us the screenshot of the question, and I think this was the question that came from someone here, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. It came from so, the, inter the, the inter internet somewhere. Interweb somewhere. <laughs> okay. The interweb. So the, question was, <laughs> the question was, you know, how, how do you approach things that have, you know, both can be, both sides can be supported by scripture. Yeah. And the examples were like sex before marriage, um, gay marriage, and divorce. Yeah. And I also feel like when you're, when you're approaching when you're approaching subjects like that, it's good to make sure you know your motive. So I feel like I, I can have my own opinion, but if my opinion is, and I need to figure out what I believe about this so that I can tell you that you're wrong. Yeah, then, so I can tell Francine's son how wrong he is. Right, for... then you're, that's <laughs> just, yeah. that's just, there's so much wrong with that. Yeah. I can have my opinion and support my opinion by scripture, but if the reason that I'm doing that is to go to this couple and tell them they can't do this, that, or the other, then then that's not, the whole, that's not where it's again, at. Again, your posture is the wrong. Posture. And that goes back to something that Bob preached about like last year or something where we have like 500 people in our lives and then we have like maybe 50 friends, but then we have like four to five people who, who really have the permission to speak into our lives. Yeah. But what really ends up happening is the hundred friends or a thousand acquaintances that you have really just jump to the, you know, the assumption that they are the ones that right. have that permission to speak into right. your lives. And that's not the way it is. Right. So if I'm approaching finding what I believe from scripture so that I can tell him that he's wrong, then I'm the one that's wrong, yeah. you know? And that's like what Rich is saying. You need to trust that the Holy Spirit is working in that person's life. So Rich and I may have a differing opinion, but it's not my job to tell him, this is, this is what you should think, Rich, and this is how you should believe and, and behave. That's just, that's approaching it from the total the wrong, total yeah, wrong, wrong perspective. Yeah. Yeah, perspective. Well, and but. just to tag onto that, one of, the, one of the big problems that we have, I think, in the church today and this is, has come through modern society, is that we've over-intellectualized Christianity and following Jesus. We've turned it into a set of lists of rules and doctrines that yeah. we're supposed to believe and understand, and if we've got all those things right, we're good. Right. Mm -hmm. It ain't about that. You know, there, there's a verse in John, I think it's chapter 15, where it says, the Spirit will lead you into all truth. And how that's mo generally interpreted in churches these days is, well, the Holy Spirit will teach us what we're supposed to believe. Mm -hmm. You know, well, the right beliefs. Well, Which, which are my beliefs. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but if that's the Holy Spirit's job, the Holy Spirit's done a really bad job. I, I mean, I know, if, I, I'm sorry if that sounds blasphemous, but the church has, <laughs> yeah. the church has never, the, you know, Christians have never agreed on much of anything. 
over the history of the church. Except that there should be food at everything. Except that there should be food at everything. <laughs> I think that's a universal. Exactly. So, so when I read that verse in, in John that says the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, I go back to what Jesus said. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Holy Spirit is, is meant to lead us to Jesus. Right. And ultimately, it is about a relationship, a loving relationship with Jesus. It's yes. not about what we know. It's about who we love. Yeah. Now, that's not to say, I'm not trying to sound anti-intellectual, because if there's anybody up in this place no, yeah, that's, you're super, that's anti-intellectual, yeah. it's not me. <laughs> but that being said, the goal is not to know all the right things. The goal is to know the right person. Exactly. The goal is to know Jesus. And exactly. the thing is, is that we're all walking a different path. Mm -hmm. Like Rich was saying, we all come from a different background. We all have different, different personality types. We're all coming to Jesus from a totally different direction. Yeah. And that means your path to Jesus is not going to look like mine. Right. And there are going to be times, I hate to say this, but this is true. There are going to be times when we are going to have a different opinion on something, and both of our opinions are from the Holy Spirit. Because your opinion is what you need to think right now to get you closer to Jesus, and my Whoa. opinion is what needs to get me closer to Jesus. Whoa. Because we're all, we're all on different paths, we're but we're also different at different places in That's our path. In different places in our path. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so, I feel like you should say that again, because I feel like that, for real, I That's feel like good. that's really, really good and... Yeah. and could be I mean, the, repeated. The, the, I'll say it this way. The fact that there are all kinds of different denominations and all kinds of different churches with different beliefs is not a sign that they're all wrong and we're right. You know, Catholic churches exist because there are certain kinds of people in this world who come from certain backgrounds that, that just speaks to them and that draws them to Christ. More power to them. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm here. I'm in this church, not because I think this church has it all right. Which we do. And Sam's got, you know, Sam's got it all figured out. I'm here because this is what speaks to me and helps me draw closer to Christ. Yeah. There are all kinds of denominations. They all have different beliefs. That doesn't mean we're all wrong. Right. That means that church is for them. And as long as we're all heading towards Jesus, and as long as we're right. all getting to know Jesus better and loving Jesus more and loving others more, yeah. then the path you're on is the right path. And we talk about that all the time, not being defined by our parameters, but placing Jesus at the middle and chasing after Jesus. That's what we're about. We don't say if you fit inside of this box, then you belong at Central. We say you belong at Central if you're chasing after Jesus. Do we believe the same thing about everything? No. Are we at the same place in our faith journey? No. Do we like the same things? No. Do we vote the same way? No. But is Jesus at the center? Yeah, then come on, let's go. Come with me and let's go. Spoiler you know? alert. On this, on this stage, there are at least three, if not four, different opinions on the topic of hell. Yeah, I would I, agree with that. I know that. Because yeah. we've, we've had conversations yeah. And about, there's three people I'm, on stage that are wrong. <laughs> Just saying. Okay? Yeah. You know what? Just saying. I now, I now believe whatever Sam believes on it. So there's only two. So that's how it's done. All right, that's the end of the discussion. And because you're my pastor and you told me to. So. There you go. No, but you're right. There are, that's the thing. So that leads me to my final question. How do you move forward in unity? How do we move forward in unity? These people, uh, you know, all of us who have like brother-in-laws or sister-in-laws who come to family functions. We got Thanksgiving coming up and we're going to argue about this stupid thing that is just whatever. Um, how do you move forward in unity without uniformity? 
Because so long the church has, has, has painted this picture that it's got to be uniformity, that we all believe the same way, think the same way, vote the same way, like you said, an echo chamber. How do you move forward in unity and not necessarily uniformity? Give me like a two-minute answer because we're running out of time. Um, so I would say um, understanding that the only uniformity we need is being under the banner of Christ. Once you have that initial uniformity of belief, that, that belief Christ, only way to heaven, Jesus, boom, the cross, boom, we're there, we're all there. That's the uniformity there. Outside of that, I look at it kind of like a school uniform, you know what I mean? Everybody has to wear the same essentials, but how are you going to flare it up to make your personality shine through, right? Not that you're going to just trick out your faith and make it work for you, but like it's okay to have variations as long as we have the same bones yeah. to it, you know what I mean? And so I would say that, number one. Number two... I'd say this, Christ desires unity from his people. Doesn't mean everybody he wants, like you said, the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's going to move us all step by step at the same time, at the same pace, in the same ways. But he does not desire division for his church, right? So because of that, I would say if your theology, your belief about something, if it motivates you, to act ungodly, even if you can explain it away, oh, it's righteous anger, even Jesus turned the tables. Blah, 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 blah. If it motivates you to act ungodly, unchristlike towards a brother or sister in the faith, don't care what it is, you're already wrong. If, if what you are holding onto causes you to deviate from how Christ has called you to live in that standard of life and love and grace, and humility, then it's not worth fighting for. Matter of fact, you should run from it. You should do whatever it takes to break you of at least the mentality that you have to fight so hard over one non-essential to where you're hurting other believers in the faith. I would say that. I would say we can't talk about the humility of believers and we can't share stories about washing, Christ washing people's feet and, and women crying on Jesus' feet and cleaning Jesus' feet with their hair. We can't talk about that level of humility scripturally and then fight with people within the church about non-essential things. You can't do it. Your heart's in the wrong spot. That's I'd good. say self-reflect, reevaluate your heart, reevaluate your motives. Are you trusting the Holy Spirit to work in somebody or are you trying to win somebody over? They're two different things. We can't win people over. We can't argue somebody else's way into our camp. There's one camp, Jesus. Over here, you can want a scenic view. I can be by the campfire, Holy Ghost fire, amen, right? But <laughs> as long as we're all Camp Jesus, pitch your tent where you need to pitch your tent. Camp Jesus, that's, that's it. Camp that's Jesus, t-shirts coming. Yeah, Camp, for real. The next in the church is as old as the church itself. Right. I mean, if you read the book of Romans, you know, there's this church uh, in Rome, obviously, Paul wrote a letter to the celebrate that holiday, and that holiday is pagan, and so you're not following God, and you have minor issues, and Paul yeah. shouldn't be eating that. Yeah. They were getting torn apart by all these debates about the minor issues, and Paul, in his letter to Romans in, in chapter 14, he said, listen, y'all, chill. <laughs> Just, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, but, but Paul basically said, listen, don't argue about this. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. 
If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.